You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. Making Money Online is sponsored by Nicola J. Rowley PR, helping entrepreneurs and brands get visible through strategic storytelling. If you're serious about being seen and impacting the lives of others, harnessing the power of PR is the best way to grow and scale your business. Visit njrpr.com for more details and read Nicola's best-selling book, The Power of PR. Good morning or afternoon, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> Lisa Johnson here. And today I'm doing a solo episode. I haven't done one for a long time because there's so many interesting people that I want to speak to. So I always end up doing that first. But recently, in the last couple of months, I did a launch. Um, you may have seen it. I launched a completely brand new program. And we did it in a really different way. We did it in a way that was even more in integrity than I've ever done any kind of launch before. And it was actually an experiment. The reason that I decided to do it. it wasn't on our plan to do. It wasn't on our yearly plan. But we did it because I wanted to prove to people that you do not have to use manipulative tactics to make money in your business. So I'm going to talk you through why I decided to do it and what I learned doing it and what I'd do again. So you guys know by now, I talk about integrity in business all the time. I constantly feel like I'm in an industry that I don't fit into because it seems the norm now to use as many dodgy marketing tactics as possible to get people to buy anything. And I've never felt good about it. I've always talked about it. I used to quite a lot call out this kind of behavior that I was seeing in the industry right at the beginning. And then was told by various people that I shouldn't do that, that you should never criticize, you know, other people's marketing, you know, stay in your own lane, all these different kinds of things. So I stopped doing it, but never felt that, you know, these practices were right. They didn't sit well with me. And I've always done things a bit differently. Like anybody that's seen me do an affiliate launch will have seen that I launch in a different way to most people where the client comes first rather than the money or the affiliates. It's always the client first. And we've got rid of people. You know, I've talked before when I've done evaluations of my affiliate launches, how we've actually cancelled contracts with affiliates who were behaving in shady ways, because I want everything to be transparent in my business. I want to be known as somebody that doesn't use, you know, really manipulative tactics. And so as things have gone on over the past two years, I'd say since 2020 during COVID, we've always seen dodgy tactics out there. We've always seen people being a little bit shady. We used to call it bro marketing. We can't anymore because it's just as many women as men <laughs> who are doing this. And over the past, I'd say six months to a year, it's got worse, like noticeably worse. More and more people are feeling, feeling like they're conned by people in the online world, in our industry. And I've still stayed silent really about it. I haven't really said much because I didn't want to be that person that was criticizing other people's things. But it got to a point where some of the things that I was seeing were getting worse and worse and worse. And I think it's because the things that have become normalized, 
that aren't really that dodgy, but that you could still class as manipulative marketing. Things like saying you can only sign up for an hour or you know, giving a, a good timed bonus to get people in quickly. Those kind of things are normal in business. We see them all the time. They are on the edge. You know, I don't think they're really that bad, but you could see why they could have been seen as bad and a bit dodgy in the past because they use manipulation to get you to buy something. They use FOMO tactics to get you to go in. You know, when you see people write things like, who's coming in in the last hour before you miss out? We might never put this on again. That kind of thing. Or, you know, it's going to be 10 times more expensive the next time we do it. That's manipulative and it gets people to to make a decision quicker, whether they feel like they need something or not. It's called FOMO marketing, fear of missing out. And there are other types of tactics that are seen that then are kind of like, if you think of it as steps, they're like the basic ones. We see those things on ads all the time. They're just, they've become quite normal and they're not that manipulative because people know what you're doing because <laughs> they've been around for a long period of time. The next step up is the kind of trauma marketing where you will have heard people talk about pain points where you get into a pain point. Let's say you know that some of your audience feel like they they were bullied at school or they were always left out of things and you know that that's a trauma that they carry with them. Then you can do certain things to make sure that they come in to your course or your membership or whatever by saying things like, don't be the one left out. Anyone that's anyone is coming into this, only the cool people be with us, then you can fit in. That's trauma marketing. So that uses trauma that you know, and there's lots of different types of trauma marketing. It basically uses things that you know a section of your clients have trauma from, from the past, and gets them to buy something based on that trauma, rather than how good the thing is that you're selling. And then the step up from that, which I've seen more recently, is fear-based marketing. So fear-based marketing The one that I've seen most recently, you all have seen it, is the invisible offers. That's fear-based marketing. When you have an offer, no one knows what it is. So let's say you say, I've got a course. It's going to be out on Friday. I'm not going to tell you anything about the course. You won't know if you need the course because I'm not even going to tell you what's in it. It's going to be much more valuable than I'm putting it on sale for at the beginning. So it's going to be £111 on day one. But if you don't buy it on day one, then it's going to go up on day three to £222. On day five, it's going to go up to £333. By the time people buy it, sometimes it's over £1,000. And, it, you know, like you can imagine the fear-based marketing in that. It's what if I don't buy this on day one and then everyone else buys it and it's worth a thousand pounds and they got it for 111 pounds or 222. And then I might have to go in when I see everybody else has bought it and I might have to pay 777 pounds. So, you know, I'll go in quick. You don't even know, you know, when you sell something, you sell something because it's it's good you know you sell something because you're solving a problem for people you sell something so that people can buy something they really need by having this gimmick of like a hidden sale no one can decide whether it's something they actually need and so the likeliness is they're actually going to waste their money but you don't care because you're just getting the sale and there's loads of ways to dress it up as as it's just fun it's just a fun way of doing things like you know why you're doing it. (laughs) The reason you're doing it is because you know that it hits people's fears and fear-based marketing works. We've known that for a long time. 
And what's really interesting about this new, this there'll be other other things that come up as well. Like this is just the latest one I've seen, but it's suddenly one person did it. And as soon as one person did it, every single person that followed her did exactly the same thing. And that's the problem with our industry. One person does something that is dodgy and is based in fear and manipulative and then the ripple effect of that, if that person is a big following, is massive because then not just a few people get conned, millions of people get conned. Millions of people feel like they paid into something that they didn't really need and wasn't really worth it. And sometimes these things that they that are like hidden, they end up just being a sales pitch. You pay 222 or whatever, and it's practically a sales pitch for another course, an upsell. So I've been seeing all of these things out there and with what they called is invisible offers, but what they used to be called in the eighties is ghost offers. So I remember really clearly being in a market with my dad. We we had no money at the time. And my dad had tried all the things like MLM, like Amway, anything to try and get a bit of money. He was really like susceptible to that kind of thing because his fear was not having enough money to feed us. And we were on a council estate. And so that was a very real fear. So we were at this market and this guy had hundreds of people like he was on this big box in front of his stall. And his stall had all these different things like perfumes and watches and things like that. And he was standing up on it so everyone could see him. And I remember him saying, we're going to do a ghost offer. And no one really knew what that meant at the time. This was in the 80s. And he said, OK, I'm going to put some stuff in a box you won't know what it is but I'm going to put some like you know hidden like a goodie bag in there and it's gonna be a secret but it's gonna be worth loads more than I'm selling it for it's gonna be worth thousands and you're only gonna have to pay 30 pounds and this is only available for one person and obviously loads of people put their hands up people were a bit like not sure about this Um, and then one person was picked out this guy and he got the box and we all crowded around to see what was in the box. And it was literally thousands of pounds worth of stuff that he got for 30 pounds, like a gold watch, like some really expensive perfume. There was like a Jimmy Choo wallet in there. There was all these different things. And so then he said, right, 20 more people can get one of these boxes. You won't know what's in it. You'll never know the value. I'll put different things in each box. So you just won't have any idea, but it will be worth at least the value of 30 pounds. Now, because everybody saw this, other guy they were like oh my god it could be like it's bound to be thousands in there so they all put their hand up including my dad and when we got the box there was tat in it it was like definitely not worth 30 pounds but we had no way of proving that it was like a really dodgy old perfume and like an ornament that you would never use and things like that but it was a ghost offer so there's nothing you could do about it you've admitted that you're going to pay 30 pound for whatever's in the box even if it's not worth it like it doesn't matter because you've done it and This practice was prevalent over the UK in the 80s, and then it got made legal. You weren't allowed to do it anymore because it was a con. And the person that got the first box was a plant. (laughs) Like that was his friend who had bought to the market. So he didn't really get any of those things worth thousands of pounds. It was a con. And it's really interesting to suddenly see the exact same thing happening online, but being called a different thing call it an invisible offer and say it's going to just be a bit of fun. It's just a bit of fun. You know, it's a new way of selling things. It's it's the exact same way that people used to sell things that were made illegal, but our industry is not regulated and therefore nothing is illegal. You're allowed to sell however you want, however manipulated that is. 
So I saw this happening and I also saw people using NLP and hypnosis techniques to sell. Now, everybody knows that NLP and hypnosis are amazing tools that can be used for brilliant things. Like I've had NLP and hypnosis to help me with my my past with the bullying and the traumas that I had as a child. And it massively helped. And there are some brilliant practitioners out there who can use NLP and hypnosis in really good ways. However, it doesn't take you long to scratch the surface when you're doing research, which is what I did, because I saw some people, including some really good friends of mine who were really smart, really clued up, and they had bought things and they didn't know why they'd bought them. They'd bought things where they only had access for 10 days for something, and it was thousands of pounds. And then they were upsold to another thing the next month, which was another thousands of pounds. And then they were upsold the next month and they, they were carrying on buying, even though they hadn't even looked at the, the first thing they were sold that they only got 10 days access to and then it disappeared. So it was all a waste of money. And I asked them, why are you buying into this? And they said, oh, I don't know. There's just something about the person selling it. It's something about her energy. I was like, this is weird. Like these are smart people. They don't buy things that have no sales page, no tangible results written anywhere, like no massive testimonials that you can see. Like this isn't normal for them to be buying this kind of thing. So I started watching the people that were selling these things and felt a strong pull to buy. And you know how cynical I am. That's not like me. I was like, this is weird. Why? Why am I really feeling like I need to buy this? Like, this is going to change everything. This is going to, and I don't even need to change everything. You know, I'm already doing okay. Like, why am I thinking I need this? And there's hype, like in the threads, people were like, oh my God, I'm buying it right now. Like I'd never seen cultish behavior like it. So being me, I started to research. So I looked at the qualifications that all these people had who were doing it. And every single one of them had either hypnosis or NLP qualifications. So I started to research and I found that there's this whole thing that people don't talk about. There are actually books written on the subject, white papers on the subject, where people can use NLP techniques like suggestion and hypnosis to to sell things, to make you buy things and you don't even know why you're buying them. An example of this would be suggestion. So I was reading a book by Darren Brown, who talks about how this happens, like how salespeople in the past have used NLP and hypnosis, just like he uses it for fun. They use it to make people buy their stuff. So I had a look at this and read about suggestion. So suggestion normally, let's say you were not very confident to go live. So if you worked with a NLP practitioner or a hypnosis person, they will be able to use words that trigger your brain to feel more confident to go live. So they might use five words in a row that say the word confidence in or empowerment. And then they break it up with some other sentences. And then they use a few more words that are the same words. And just like Darren Brown does when he you know, tries to read people's minds, he's just planting suggestions in their head of what to say and what to do. And so then you go live and you feel really confident and it's a brilliant use of NLP because it's rewired your brain. The problem is, imagine those suggestive words being used to get you to buy something that you don't even really want. But it makes you think you want it because the suggestions are being put into your head using hypnosis or NLP. 
So I read all of these books. I started with a book called Courtish. And then from there, I went down a rabbit hole of reading all of these different books about NLP and hypnosis and how they can be used for bad instead of good, how they can be used for manipulation to sell things. And I realized this is what people were doing. This is why my friends had no idea why they'd bought. One of my friends had given testimonials about this person, having not even read a single bit of the course. And she didn't know why she'd done it. She said, no, I just felt like I should. I felt like I should help her. Like her energy was so amazing. And this word energy kept coming up. So that's why I started looking into it. So as you can imagine, this did not sit well with me. (laughs) So I realized doing all of this research that manipulation techniques have been around forever, but because people are getting kind of comfortable with the really basic ones, you know, the timers, the bonuses, the the FOMO techniques, they're starting to use more and more stronger manipulation techniques that really should be illegal, like how they're being used. But because we're in a non-regulated industry, they're not. So I thought, how can I show people, like the reason people are doing this, there's no judgment here because the reason that most people are doing this is because A, they've been taught it, like this is the way to sell. And I've been taught things like that by some of my mentors, like, you know, objection handling, how to make sure that even if someone objects about money, they still put it on a credit card. I've been taught how to do those things. I've never used them, but I've been taught it when I've been to selling courses. So a lot of these people, I've just been taught how to do this or they're seeing others do it. And so they assume it's okay to do these things. They haven't worked out like why the manipulation of it is bad. So there's no judgment. We get taught it. We we see it all the time. But I spoke to a few of my clients who said, God, I'd love to sell like without using any of these things. But it's very obvious that you can only sell these days using these harder techniques because our audience has got really clued up to some of the more basic things that we're doing. And that's why these people that are really successful making millions of pounds are doing things like invisible offers and, you know, trauma marketing and FOMO marketing. And I thought to myself, how can I prove to people that actually you don't need to do any of those things? You can just sell a program because it's what someone needs at that time. And you know, that it's a really good value. And so they will buy it. And so I thought I'll do an experiment. I will do a completely brand new program that I've never done before and that I'm not known for. Because a lot of people were saying, it's all right for you. You know, you're already known for passive income. People are always going to buy that. So I thought, yeah, fair. So I will put out a completely new program, something that I don't teach, I don't sell. And I will use not just not, not any of the really bad stuff. I won't even use the basic stuff. I won't even use the, you know, there's a bonus, but you can only have it in the first 24 hours, even though I'm I'm not really, I don't really think those things are really bad, but I wanted to prove that you could do it with absolutely nothing and get a six figure launch. So I did. It was called Visible and it was teaching people how to be visible in different ways, whether it be stages, podcasts, you know, books, whatever, how to be visible on social media. It was going to be a six week course. And I priced it at what I thought was a valuable price instead of doing what everyone's doing at the moment, which is like, let's just put an offer out for 50K because we can. I decided to price it at a normal price, you know, a normal course price, 597 and see what happened. And I told my team how we were going to sell it. And they were up for it. They were up for this experiment. And, you know, it's really important that people are visible right now as well. So I was thinking, what do people need right now 
And what they need right now is visibility because we're going into an economic downturn. That's going to be the biggest thing they need. So it felt really in alignment as well. And for the first time ever, I did a masterclass that didn't even have a tiny little icky thing in it. Like I was telling people on the masterclass, I do not want you to buy this because of FOMO. I don't want you to think that everyone's going to rush into this because they're probably not. I don't want you to buy it if there's even an inkling in your head that you might not need it. I only want you to buy it if you know that this is a solution to a problem that you have right now. And to make sure that you don't buy it because of FOMO, I'm going to give you a refund in the first two weeks if you decide that you did buy because of FOMO, because you saw other people going in, no questions asked, I will just refund you. We also had bonuses and the bonuses were for everyone, no matter when they bought. So no matter when they bought, they could still have the bonus. There was no time thing. And we did the whole thing like that. And we were surprised ourselves that it ended up being a multi six figure launch instead of a six figure launch actually was 200 and something like 230,000 pounds. So around the the $280,000 mark, which is great because it proved to everybody that you can do this. And I only wanted to prove that you can make six figures because most people that's kind of around where they want to hit on a launch. So that was good. It proved it to everybody, but it also showed me a few other things, some really interesting things. The first being it was harder than I thought. I think there are things that we do that are based in fear that are just small things that we've been taught that we don't even realize we're doing. One of the things that I nearly did was towards the end of the launch, I nearly went into my Facebook group and wrote, where are my deadline dancers at? Who are the last people that are going to come through before the doors shut um, in an hour? You don't want to miss out. You want to get in like that kind of thing. And stop myself and put, why am I writing that? I'm writing it to be manipulative. I'm writing it so that people go, oh my God, I need to come in in the next hour. When actually I'd already told everybody that the next time that this course goes on sale will probably be October, November. So you won't have to wait very long if you can't afford it now. And it won't be different in price. It will be exactly the same price as now. We won't be putting it up. We're not doing a beta or anything like that on this one. And so actually you know, there I was about to write a post saying, you need to get in now. Why do they need to? They don't need to. They can wait five months and then come in the next time. So I stopped myself from doing it. But there were loads of little times like that when I nearly did something that actually you could view as a little bit manipulative. And it just showed me that we've been taught it's ingrained in us. We've been taught so much that we need to persuade. We need to push. We need to cancel anyone's objections for coming in when actually I don't think we should be doing that I think that we should be offering something that is right for people that need it at that time and that's what I did and people came in so that was the first thing that I found really interesting the second was that I got a lot of emails from people so when I wrote threads about what I was doing when I wrote about my experiment I didn't get many people on there saying this is great. I got a few, but compared to the kind of things that I would normally get, engagement I would normally get, I didn't get a lot of people saying, I'm really glad you're doing this, which at first surprised me. And then suddenly it became really obvious why. I got hundreds and hundreds of messages in my inbox, in my messenger, on um, Instagram, saying to me, thank you so much for doing this. I've been conned. 
Thank you so much for doing this. I bought something last year that I didn't actually need, but the FOMO made me made me do it because she said that everybody was going in. Thank you so much. I've been pressured to buy because I was told that I didn't really care about my business if I didn't do this thing. Like hundreds of these kind of things. And I asked them all, why are you telling me this in my inbox? Why aren't you saying that you felt really uncomfortable about this kind of thing on the thread? And they said, because I don't want the person that I bought from to see it, she'll know that it was me. And I just thought that was so interesting that the people that are selling these things have even bred fear into the people that have bought them. And so they're never going to leave bad reviews. They're never going to say, actually, this thing didn't work for me because they're scared. They're scared that there's so much hype around these people saying how amazing they are, that they don't want to be the odd one out. Maybe it didn't work for them because of something they did wrong. So, yeah, people were even saying, I left the industry because I really wanted to be able to sell. But the way I was taught to sell didn't sit well with me. I couldn't actually sleep at night. I felt like an icky used car salesman. All these different things that people were telling me showed me that actually this was really needed, that people really wanted to be able to sell in integrity and not do all the things that they'd been taught already. And this was giving them a chance to show they could. So what was also really interesting is that lots of the people that don't call things out were saying that they'd been told they should never, ever criticize people's marketing. I've been told this too. So there's this rhetoric that, and it's only the people that are doing shady things that are telling you to do this, (laughs) like not to do this. They've told me too. You should never criticize any marketing. You should stay in your lane and just get on with it and stop looking at what other people are doing and just do what you're doing. This is bull. Because if in an unregulated industry, if none of us call out things that are, you know, should be accountable, things that are wrong in business, things that are so shady that no one's even noticing that they should be illegal, in an unregulated industry, there is something wrong with not being able to talk about that. I think it's really good to discuss trends and things that you don't like in business. I don't think it's good to discuss people. And whenever anyone wrote on any of the threads, oh, I saw such and such doing this, I'd delete it immediately. Like, I don't think we should be discussing the people that are doing it because we don't know why they're doing it. They might have been taught that that's the way to do it. But I do think we need to be really open about discussing the things that are going wrong in this industry and the things that are really unethical. Because if we just listen to all the dodgy people out there telling us to stay in our lane, then they get no accountability at all. And they know that by telling everyone to stay in their lane, no one will ever criticize what they're doing. And that's a bit emperor's new clothes. You know, nobody, nobody say anything. Everyone's feeling slightly dodgy about it, but no one says anything because of the fear that they will be the one that has spoken about it. And that's not right. Like if someone pulls down the curtain, yes, these people are going to have an issue, I'm happy to pull down that curtain. I don't really care whether my peers like me or not. It's never been something that's been like a a massive thing to me. Like I need everybody to like me so that I go on their stages. I don't really care. I much more care about my clients who are feeling like, A, they can't be in this industry because you have to sell in dodgy ways. B, they're feeling like they've been manipulated when they're buying things and they're starting to not trust the industry anymore. These are the people I care about. So as well as, you know, the hundreds of people saying how they've been scammed and they've fallen for stuff before and 
that kind of thing. And they were scared of talking about it. I also got people in my inbox telling me to stop talking about these things because it's only going to make me look bad. Because if I start talking about things like this, it makes me look as if I'm like either jealous or something has triggered me, you know, all the all the things that toxic positivity people say, you know, make, makes me look like I'm not in my own lane. No, like you can come at me with that stuff as much as you like. And it is not going to stop me talking about this anymore because it's too important. Our industry is going to implode itself. If you do any kind of survey to people who want to buy online, a massive percentage now feel like it's they can't trust people to sell online. It's because of all of this. Like we are ruining our own industry and doing nothing about it because we're not supposed to talk about these things. And these people told me I shouldn't talk about it. Of course they did. I also got people justifying why they were doing certain things. The main justification I got, everybody's doing it so it can't be bad. Everyone's doing invisible offers. Everybody's using FOMO. Everyone uses trauma-based marketing. Like that's what people do. It's been around for years. So it's fine. This doesn't make it okay. It doesn't make it fine. I got justifications for the, I'm putting the price up the next day by a hundred pound. Then the next day by a hundred pound, the justification for that was, well, you know, it, it means that it makes it more affordable for some of my audience that can't afford the real price. If I start it at 111, then more people will be able to afford it. If you know that your pricing is not affordable, that you're having to start it at a low price and then put it up by £100 every single day, you know that there's something wrong there. And that what's actually happening is you just know that more people will buy it at the beginning because they know it's going up whether they want the thing or not, they're not going to have time to think about it. They're just going to buy it because they don't want it to go up. What if they do need it? That's manipulation. If you really thought it was about, I want people to be able to afford my stuff, keep it at that price all the time. Why do you need to put it up? And a lot of it was like, oh, it's just a fun thing. It's just fun. And every single person that was in my inbox saying they think it's fine they had bought from someone and it was really good value. I think it's absolutely fine. I bought from someone that I really trusted that did an invisible offer. I thought it was really good value. It was just fun. There was no harm in it. I looked up every single one and every single one was also doing it to their audience. And that's why they were saying it was okay. It was just so dodgy. Like I got justifications because generally people aren't bad. They're just copying somebody who's big in an industry who is doing the same thing. So the question is, how can we use the things that work in business, but not give it a manipulative effect? So a good example of this is I want to use fast action bonuses. The reason I want to use a fast action bonus is because people who take action quickly, who have been in my audience for a really long period of time, I want to reward them for being with me, they, the people that join in the first 24 hours, they know that they're going to do the course. They've been on my waiting lists for a long period of time. And so they generally know they're going to get a bonus for coming in first. And I like that. I like that I reward fast action. But I don't want the manipulative part of it, which is then some people who aren't sure whether they should buy it or not might buy it just because you get the bonus in the first 24 hours. It might not give them time to think about whether actually this is something they need. So how do you deal with that? Well, what you do is you counteract. So you give a fast action bonus, but you also say, if you've come in 
because of the fast action bonus in the first 24 or 48 hours, and then you want a refund because two weeks down the line, you realize, actually, I just came in because I felt like I really had to get it there. Now I've thought about it. It isn't really the right course for me. Then you get a refund. No questions asked. And I think that's how I'm going to do things. Like for every thing that I do that even has a slight manipulation to it, I'm going to think of a way to take the manipulation part out to counteract it with something else because you can't have it both ways you can't try and force people to come in in the first 24 hours by giving them something so they don't have time to think about whether they need it or not and then say no refunds as well like how is that fair there has to be some kind of balancing thing that you do so that it becomes not manipulative at all so I think I'll still use like bonuses and things like that obviously I'll never use any of these you know more trauma-based FOMO-based, fear-based marketing techniques that just isn't who I am. But I think it's really, really important that people realize more than anything else, you don't have to use any of these things. You could just put something out there that's really good, tell people why it will help them, tell them who it's for with none of the other stuff, and people will still buy it. And me selling visible was the absolute proof of that. Love to know how you feel about all of this stuff. Please do come and tell me on the fabulous 5%. Always happy to debate, discuss all of these kind of issues because they're not going anywhere. Like I'm not going to be able to change this industry. I realized that a few years ago. There will always be people that are doing things in a dodgy way and getting away with it. What I can do though is show that there is another way so that those people that don't feel good about making money with, you know, without any consequence, without any parameters of morality, people that don't want to do that, they have someone to go to to teach them how they can do things in a different way. That's what I'm pretty sure I'm here for. So if that's you and you wanted to be taught how to do things in a different way, definitely keep listening and come and follow me at Lisa Johnson, strategist on Instagram, because that's where I generally talk about this stuff on stories. And I will speak to you next week for another episode. Thank you for listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson. If you'd like to get hold of my guide to launching, go to lisajohnson.com forward slash launch and let's get you making money online.